Hi, this is Jackie Fry, design ops leader and part-time sociologist. And this is Allison Rand, design ops leader and cognitive neuroscientist in training. And you are listening to In Common. Woo! Allison, I haven't seen you on Twitter lately. What have you been doing? Oh, oh, you know what I've been doing. I see you on the polo. I've been Marco. Market. I've been Marco poloing you. I'm waiting for the polo back from you. My bad. But I needed. Yeah, you're just I literally, not there with me. I went off the grid <laughs> yesterday. I didn't carry my phone yesterday. I'm so proud of you. Isn't that weird? I like. I looked at my husband. And I was like, I want to go fishing you know, one of these days, like I oh. took a few days off. I go, I want to go fishing. And he's like, all right, I'll arrange like a fishing expedition. And, um, and we did that. You did? I, yeah, we went. And, <gasps> I, and I, and like, as just, I was leaving, like my, I hadn't charged my phone overnight because I was, of course I was looking at it shopping yeah. <laughs> before right. I went to bed. What did you wear when you went on this fishing expedition? <laughs> okay. I went all white cotton um, not oh, linens, like but linen, linen esque, and um, but it was a it's a hot day here in Georgia, mm. so it wouldn't absorb the heat. And then I just sat in the be- the bed of a truck. Anyways, that was my day off. I went fishing, and I sat in the bed of a truck and made a picnic for me Aww. and my kids, and it was so lovely. And you know your girl hooked. You know your girl hooked to her a fish. You did. Girl, you know I did. I'm just kidding. That was like the first time I had actually done it by myself. Usually my husband's like, <laughs> oh, do you want to take the pole all of a sudden? <laughs> he does that for all of us. Oh, all of a sudden my pole seems like, do you want to hold it? And I go, no. <laughs> But I like, so I just like sweet. did it. And it I was like, what oh kind my of fish? God. Well, it's not the prettiest kind of fishing, but we ended up on a lake. So you either catch... <laughs> couple kind of fish oh no you catch uh let's go lowest grade fish lake fish yeah well a lake trout is a beautiful thing i'd catch me some lake trout so i thought we were going to go trout fishing but instead we we hung out at a lake um and so we were kind of going for you have catfish uh-huh. you have brim and then uh bass so bash, Ooh, bass. bass fishing is a big deal that's delicious Georgia. Not sea bass. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's not Chilean sea bass. <laughs> no, it's like Georgian lake bass. You don't, you don't keep these bass. You throw them back in. The oh, water. oh, that's like the lowest order is the bass. You don't. No, that, that's a higher. It's a higher oh. catfish. Pretty mm, low. You eat the. Yeah. You can eat the catfish. Catfish not. is pretty normal. I don't partake. Um, okay, but yeah, so. Uh, we went after a lot, caught, caught some brim, caught some, and I caught me a bass, a pretty good bass. Anyway, so I was going and I got off the, so I'm sorry if I didn't hit you back on Marco Polo because I oh. went off the grid and now I'm back on the grid. Marco Polo. Today. So I have been going in and out of high and low places and <laughs> my friend, one of my oldest friends sent me a text saying, I'm on Marco Polo app. Come join me. And I was like, well, that's weird. She doesn't normally do that kind of stuff. So I'm going to join. And at the same time, all my old friends, it's like all my girls, my home girls I went to high school with, we all joined and we all got in this group. And it's essentially, uh, what is it? Like a video walkie talkie app. So you don't have to be live. You don't have to be like on more Zoom calls 
or on the phone or whatever. And everything feels like a real world, like the actual show, The Real World. Remember that show? <laughs> uh, like, you know, they would go into the confessional booth. So you're like in the bathroom, like, <sighs> I have so much gray hair. Look at my gray hair. Look at my yeah. hair. Yeah. Like, I'm obsessed. Puck has to stop eating the peanut butter with his fingers. <laughs> What was your favorite season of of the rear were? I mean, of the rear were. I'm gonna date myself too much, but uh, I like watched every season. season one in New York. Oh. Are you serious? Ooh. That's your number one, girl. I did not watch a lot of Real World, but yeah, you didn't. No, I liked London. I think that was maybe. <laughs> That was maybe the fourth or fifth one. Uh, so it goes one New York, two LA. I don't even remember. Three San Francisco. I'm, I'm going to fucking nail this. I know my real world history. Was, my, how many years did they do real world? So many years. I stopped watching definitely like at an appropriate age. I'm I not actually watching that shit anymore. a real world quote for one of our. Um, no, you didn't. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. (laughs) It gets real, real world. California. Stop being polite and start getting real. (laughs) That's what the show is all about. Am I right? Oh my gosh, you keep it so freaking real. All right, let's do this. Let's go. So, Jackie, where's your head at these days? Oh man, you know I've been thinking a lot about. I, I just had a call with somebody and in that, and during that call, they said, I want to talk to you about design process. And I had to say, oh my mercy, I don't, I feel like I could tell you what I've witnessed of design process, what I have personally done with design process, very little, very little. But what I've witnessed, the evolution of design process, like under the Petri dish that I, of the perspective I have in in the design organization from design ops, here's what I can tell you I've seen. And so me being me, I prepared for the call. <laughs> <laughs> and That's I, good. I'm such a weirdo. And I like, I made a little timeline. Nothing is linear, but time. And so I said, okay, well, let me think about what has <laughs> happened over the years. And there's, you know, through the context and perspective of time. And I, and I was like, oh, he, there it is. There's design, design process maturity over the years from a point for which design was more of a supporting mechanism to one where it moved to being more of a uh, partner in um, and co-strategist to one that's helping like for a product or a product line. And then one, a hope and vision where it could be you know, a chief strategist and or a co-strategist for the future of the company. And, and, you know, anyone who listens to this call and you're on a design team, you probably heard yourself somewhere in that spectrum. And I think process is just really the next step down from like that. Process. That's, that's what's on my mind. Is that normal? No. <laughs> well, I just got off the call, but I do think about this stuff from time to time. I'm, not, I'm just kidding. Of course, it's normal. We're we're this is this is what we talk about on our podcast. It's our so occupation. This is our occupation. This is what we talk about. This is it's completely normal to think about these things. And and it's and it's interesting to take a step back and say like, okay, where let's 
it's it's like when you're talking to a recruiter or <laughs> an interview and they're asking you to like go through your work history and you're like, oh, that's what we did. Out. That's what we did. <laughs> yeah. And don't you remember when like there was no place for us at all? <laughs> I do think, I think this is a story of the seat at the table. And I like, uh, maybe if you're listening to this and you have, I don't know, a glass of wine in for you, but as many times as we say seat at the table, like you should Ugh. have a sip or something. Yeah. Because this is a story of how, get ready to take a sip, but the seat at the table is created and let's be like frank too how you keep the seat at the table Mm. and i think this is like the value of design sort of conversation that happens as well but for a lot of people those are distinct and separate um, discussions for me there's a very thick thread that pulls between design process design maturity and and the seat at the table what about for you oh yeah 100 percent 100 percent and they're like, they don't, that is not, that is not a linear process. Mm. That is Mm. like, it could be many different, take on many different shapes and sizes of like the Django, Django puzzle, because you can have an organization that is pretty uh, mature or seemingly mature from a design perspective, but that doesn't actually mean that that like that thread of process and practice is actually running through in the way. And and in the other direction, you can have an organization that might be less mature, but is is much more capable of running through those processes and practices in different kinds of ways. Maybe they're just more open to experimentation and like mm-hmm. allowing that voice to be heard. I mean, right. I don't, I, I have, I have problems with the whole seat at the table saying, by the like way. Like what? Oh, say it. Say it, girl. Well, because, you know, Do design. It. Put it on blast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear your truth. Say it. <laughs> because design, it doesn't, it, first of all, design has not arrived. We're arriving potentially, or we're in flight Maybe that's also part of the maturity conversation. You know it. Design doesn't always have a seat at the table. Doesn't even sometimes have. it has a seat at the table, but it's not a like a voting seat. Like it's right. A, right. Like it's like right. Well, you should sit there. But you yeah, but it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, you just gotta keep your mouth shut. And they're like, look, we have a designer at the table. <laughs> oh bless. Because I, a lot of stuff, a lot of that is smoke and mirrors too, because I think a lot of organizations believe that they should have that person at the table, but they don't actually want to listen to them. Right. Because I think that they may say, Hey, let's take a couple steps back. And I know that we're after revenue, but we have to rethink the way that the whole system is designed and that's going to impact growth. And that, you know, dare I say, like a a board of directors may not like the sound of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, what organizations, because I think most organizations fall on like the lower index of maturity, design maturity. Yes. Even if they they have design teams above, but they are to your point where you were saying earlier, like they are ticket takers they're production masters, they are pixel polishers, like that's what design does, it's not, and 
you know, to be a more mature organization, I don't know, you have to be like either incredibly evolved or, or maybe have design in your DNA from the founding. Oh my heavens. I, well, if design is in the DNA, I think there's a chance. I do think that like gives you a leg up than other people that have had to convince people who have like, you know, an MBA in their DNA. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And there's, and there's a world. And I think a lot of design leaders are really great at speaking um, design or, or translating business into design action and, um, and, and also trans- translating design action into business revenue. Like that is, that is the skill of a great design leader who's going to take that seat at the table and do something with it. You know, that's like the undefined skill set of, what I have witnessed is like, that's what that role does. Are they going to design? They may, they, they may, they are not <laughs> like, like, you know, they, and I know this kind of hit up on Twitter, like recently, like, you know, I, I, this is like the VP role or above that, you know, they're not going to design oh. frequently, but um, that's in a lot of times, like people get VPs of design when they've had a pretty large organization to lead, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of operational role. It's a strategy role. It's an org strategy role. It's a business strategy role. But at smaller organizations, it may not be. It might be a co- coach, a player coach role, and that's yeah. okay too. Definitely. Um, I actually believe that in order to always be good, you should have your hands in the work. I think if you get too far away from it and you get too high up, you you become just as, you know, clueless or not keyed in to to what's happening as anybody else at that table because right. so many people at that table are not actually doing the work but that's a that's an uh, that'd be an interesting conversation to have and just to kind of map out because i think there's a challenge when one person at that table has visibility and none of the rest of them do <clears throat> and it's sort of just like this conversation of like at what point and, and I, I would love to let, I want to table this one. This is mm. a good conversation. You can put, like, put a pin in it. But it's put up. But I would love to have this conversation because like, it's as much as like information and, and hierarchy of that information, uh, you know, and this is just my experience of it at scale is like, and, and I think some people are going to come at this conversation at all different perspectives and experience but when a company is smaller information is at a different level than when a company hits a certain number of people and information mm-hmm. scales in a much different way so if you yeah. gave a, a super scaled organization and a vp of design is holding on to the work like when every all of their other peers are looking two to three years in the future like that's right. a problem <laughs> you know like, right yeah 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 yes but, yes agreed. anyways great so uh, so the but maturity wise, I think we, and everything we just talk about also on that maturity spectrum. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, and I, and I believe, and we've talked about this a ton over, over many, many conversations and drinks is, and drinks is that <laughs> even like fundamental to the work that we do as design operations is really tied into the level of maturity of an organization. And I think mm-hmm. you you have to understand the level of maturity of an organization as a design ops leader and then retrofit it to that level. 
Because if you come in, you know, super hot thinking that you're going to be able to scale at the highest level of maturity and you're in an organization that's, you know, at low to mid-level maturity, you have to really uh, come up with a different plan. And so, you know, I, 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 I also, like you, I think about this stuff a ton and I see even in, um, you know, my daughter is going to University of Michigan. Woo! I know, so excited. Stamps, what is, what's their fight song? What's their like cheer? Like, go Michigan. Oh, it's like, I have no idea, but they say go blue. They sign every letter with go blue. Go blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go blue. I write back, best. <laughs> I'm not there yet. But- Yo tambien. Yo tambien. <laughs> but she's going to the Stamp School of Art and Design. And that's Ooh. just so fascinating to me seeing design at so many of these institutions now, um, product design or design thinking, like it's definitely arrived in that sense. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. And I don't know, you know, what the future holds or mm-hmm. how, when we're going to get to the place where some of these like old and, and also design ops is super nascent. Like oh, it's- oftentimes you have to go into an organization and be the first person. Yeah. Most of us have to go into an organization and be the first person. Or let's also be super fair that like, or we don't have the headcount for it to be a person and that responsibility is falling on all these people. Right. 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 And so, and then, and those people are also balancing the needs between being super reactive to like production needs versus Mm -hmm. wanting to think about the much more, um, the broader application of what it means to scale design as mm-hmm. a design ops leader um, with a design team, et cetera, et cetera. So I have the thing I've been thinking about the most, and I, I think I was talking to somebody about this recently as well, is that I was, yes, is that I think designers and design leaders and myself included often get very frustrated wherever they are. If you're a mm-hmm. consultant and you go into an organization, you're super frustrated that they don't quite get it. And they're real frustrated with you because they don't understand what you're saying. Or you go and work inside an organization and you're frustrated with where they're at and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Is that like everybody needs to like chill. And actually <laughs> designers need to chill I, is what I'm saying. Because the reality is like, if you want design, if you really believe in the impact of your work and you want it to actually be absorbed, you have to really meet people where they are. Yes. The majority of the time, people are not at a high index of maturity. Nope. Yeah. Personally That's and professionally. Good. Yes. And I do think like I, I know off offline, you know, I've had a lot of conversations about like, it's like, what are, what are people not getting at design school right now? You know, like they're not like, I think a great designer, it's not just empathy, but you bring empathy, life experience and empathy together. Right. And so often, uh, or it's like, you, you know, economics or like behavioral, behavioral economics or cognitive behavior or things like that. And that's a lot of the I think misconceptions of what it means to be a designer today that like you just need to know how to make great, you know, how to uh, apply sort of UX principles or things like that. It's, it, it, it's, it's all of the macro decisions that could be made of like where that product is being used that should go into how that product is 
is being used, mm-hmm. you know, like that, how is it being designed? And so often we think about it from like a sort of horse blinder, horse blinder um, bubble, but that is theory land. And I'll, I'll be first to admit that I will like throw a theory without a lot of evidence, even in my like everyday sort of work experience. And I get Well, they're hypotheses. They're not theories, they're hypotheses. But like, you know, I think that it's, and I think the theories and the hypotheses push that sort of maturity. Yeah. It's it's the thing that will drive you. But like, and I think you were getting at something where it's just like, what do you do? What do you do if you sense that maturity? And I want to always like, I want to, I love I, I, you don't do them now, but they used to have these things called malls. A mall? A mall. And then you would walk <laughs> around and you'd be like, where's, where's the, um, where's, oh, where's the pet where? shop? I would always look for the pet shop. I would where's always look Claire's? for the food court. Where's Claire's? And you need to have an, what was so perfect about the, the mall directory map in the, in the like sort of you kiosk are here. of it. You are here. You are here moment. And I love that about program management too. Sort of like, how do you break down contextually time, space, uh, which are two different dimensions, time and space. You know, I love talking about that. And you're, you're, what you're saying is you are here. Here meaning now and time mm-hmm. and where meaning space and context of others. And that mm-hmm. is the work of like, mm. if applauding maturation. And it's like, you could be frustrated all you want. It's probably not the best use of energy. And like, I come from experience of being frustrated, be like, why can't we get this? But at the same time, like, maybe it's just, we, maybe there, there needs to be a come to, to, hey, Zeus, about where we are at. <laughs> Wait, we are here. Uh, Here's what you you're talking the, about. An awakening? A, a consciousness awakening. <laughs> no, like there needs to be a moment where, and I think I yes. do that all the yes. time. Well, I think that's what good design leadership should do is say yeah. like, we are here. And if we want to get to the next place or the, the, this, the you know, and it's like, and this is one of those visioning exercises or yeah. future casting. It's like one to three, three to five years, a good design leader will say, everybody, we are here. The job is not just this moment because everyone's frustrated with working in just this moment. Yep. It's too, you have to be living in two time zones, essentially. Yep. The now oh, that's so hard. And the next, right? So that's a now and your next. next model. Yeah. Like that exists for a reason. Crawl, walk, run. Word. <laughs> Word. Yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, walk, run. <laughs> I think that's having, yeah. I, you know, I love that. I could, and I, you know, it, it is. And a lot of times I always talk about, even if you leverage the crawl, walk, run model, uh, I talk about Zelda, the game Zelda that my Mm. kids like are obsessed with Mm -hmm. and that they'll win Zelda all the way through on easy. And then we'll say, okay, well, what are you going to do? You just won the game. Well, I'm going to go back and, and go to master mode. And I think like, that's the interesting thing about, you know, even maturity is that it never stops and you're just leveling up in mastery. And so, you know, what, what is a good healthy perspective is where are we right now in context of space and time or space and sort of con- uh, context of others in that space. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. You said something earlier and it was like, okay, we could have all these thoughts about design maturity, but like, what's 
the organization as a whole maturity and where can design be placed in that and what things have to happen in order for design that great vision we have of like design organization maturity to thrive there are so many factors around that that have yeah. to change too and what yep. are we doing for plotting that change <clears throat> totally so I, I, that's where I've seen a lot a, a couple of visions fail in the in the past is like we didn't think enough about all of the interdependencies around design that would need to be involved yeah yeah absolutely and also designers love to wax poetic about the possibilities without actually being and i mean i think in truth that's probably why design operations even exists is because it allows designers to wax poetic and kind of visual and someone translates it and someone <laughs> translates that being us and says okay here's a roadmap here's a plan, here's a roadmap, and here's a plan for this phase, this phase, this phase, this phase. And like, but you know, there is also, I don't know, I think it's so important to, to be in both places at the same time, because that, you know, I believe it's a game of inches, but that really allows mm -hmm. you to have that kind of destination in mind mm -hmm. while putting one foot in front of the other, you know? And yes. like that, there's that African proverb that says, pray while moving your feet. Oh, <laughs> I like that. I love it so much because you have to, you have to actually do something in order and also pray at the same time because you're driving towards someplace. You can't just like sit there and hope for change to happen. And like, I'm so frustrated. I'm just making these things and nobody understands my thing, blah, 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 blah. But like, you have to do both things. You have to make and you have to walk. You have to make and you have to walk. And so in that crawl, walk, walk, run framework mind, like you have to be able to be comfortable with crawling and walking at the same time in a mm -hmm. certain way, especially as design leadership, because like, that's the only way anything is going to move forward. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to hold that flag and say like, to your it's point, it's worth it, but we are here. Yes. But we're going here. Yes. Like this is our destination. This is our destination and you can't continue. And I think a lot of the problem too, is that with like leadership in general, is they move those goalposts often. Mm. And you have to be like, like, no, 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 it's fine. But it's we'll just very there. reactionary yeah, also, yeah. you know? Um, so anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I totally agree. I just, I think it's like, it's hard. It is a very difficult skill to be able to rationalize that like now near next in your mind because everybody always wants to be at the next phase or in the future or whatever. Like, why aren't we there? But, but, and is unwilling to do the work that it takes to get there in the now but really just kind of sort of balancing the two. And so I think that, you know, I don't know. I have a great analogy and I use this um, uh, frequently. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, if, uh, if you've ever potty trained a kid, um, you know that like you get mm. Skittles or m and Oh yeah, you love this. Yeah, yes. and then you, you say, here's the potty. <laughs> if you go, if you try to go, you, you get pee in the potty. You'll get a skittle. Now, if that poo poo and pee poo poo and pee pee like was like near the potty, like it didn't make it in the potty, but like on the potty, still a skittle. Like that's still a skittle. Give him the skittle, because you it's okay. But poo poo pee pee on the potty, 
a step in poo poo pee pee in the potty. And so sometimes you have to be like, where are we right now? We're just poo poo pee pee on the potty. We'll be in the potty before you know it. Do you use this, you use this uh, at work? In professional, of course I do. If it like, this if I need just like, poo poo on the potty, guys. Yeah, this just is the poo poo on the. And potty. sometimes, it, sometimes it's like poo poo people on the way to the potty. Still, that gets a skittle. E for effort, you know. I see. I you see know, like you. a half a skittle, or maybe a purple skittle, like a I, less good skittle. Or you, <laughs> I like a purple skittle. Okay, so, and I was like, and that purple bag is as nice, no as bueno, like, compared to the red bag. Just go red bag, Skittle all the time. Oh, okay, always. so, okay, so there's that. <laughs> but I also want to say that, like, design, big D design, which you know how much I love that saying. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> design with a capital D. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? For some organizations, that will just mean really great craft and in uh, user interface UI mm. and that in and of itself and just getting super better like at that all the time and that might be like where design organizational maturity what it means for that organization it's just like a hell of a craft of UI design now there's and you hear about this like spectrum it's like but how is-, is that capital D no Melissa but I think oh, oh okay UI okay. to okay. UX okay. Okay. okay right but like they still think it's a capital D if you're on that organization you're the leader you're like us doing this means a lot to the bottom line because it does. But you can go from UI to UX. And now there's this world of UX to CX. And I don't mean like support level customer experience. I mean, that, and this is where, you know, you're really sort of visioning and strategically leading through data as well as sort of craft work and, um, and the concert orchestration of all of the design work mm-hmm. across the business of really thinking about the end-to-end customer experience and what that is and what's our vision post for that and where we are today. So like, even what I want to say is like, even when you get to crawl, walk, run, the industry is transforming that definition constantly. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like if you win at UI, that's great. There is another like level of mastery that you can work at UX. And even when you get to great UX, there's, there's CX. And so it kind of feels, if from my perspective, it just sort of feels like the battle is never done, which gets target. me to the very last thing that I want to share, which I've shared with you before, but the azimuth. And the azimuth of something, it's uh, Arabic and means uh, the directions. And an azimuth is invisible. You're at one point in space and time. Mm-hmm. And, and say, like, so this concept came to me from um, a professor of uh, business teacher who taught like um, at Emory. And he was like, oh, what you're talking about is like thing, it's called an azimuth. And it's where like in, Na- in the Navy, like you'll be at sea, but you'll know land is ahead. And it will keep you Even though ahead. you can't see it at all. Even can't yeah. see it at all. And it's like, and, and there's things like, like it's, and it helps you with like sort of coordination and it's sort of, and it's not completely visible. Now there's like azimuth, like sort of compasses and things like that, but it's all about moving forward mm-hmm. and or moving in the direction of the vision. And that is to me, the greater thing that organization, like knowing that that org- organizational maternity models exist, but using it to guide you in your direction forward. And whether you go from UI to UX, UX to CX or whatever comes after CX. Right. Just you know, knowing that these models exist and you can use it to guide your, your team, your organization, your strategy, or if you're in operations, helping 
to guide that forward, but just have the, you are here moment, know where you are to understand where you're going. Right. And also you have to work on building the muscle about around agility and being nimble and having your organ, your team, your organization be comfortable in ambiguity. And I'm not Uh talking about like the ambiguity that we're living in right now, but I'm talking about ambiguity in terms of like, I mean, I was talking about, we were talking about customer experience at frog, like, you know, five years ago and now it's a thing, but there's going to be something else. And so, yes, like we all have to be built to absorb that change, but not allow it to impact us so much that we can't have that azimuth like in mind. And I, I think I, Oh, it's like, it's like hope. It's a, it's the vision. It's, It's the place forward, but it will continue to change. There will always be a next level. Right. But it's important to your point. And you said this earlier to be the people, to be, to have the people, to be the person, to constantly be asking the questions, continually questioning, you know, what problem are we trying to solve and for who, and to make sure that you're always on the right path in a certain way. And that path could change. And it doesn't mean that you have to be super precious about the path either, because yeah, like the, like the directions are going to shift in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So you, again, you have to be, you have to build, you know, um, your teams to allow for that kind of like absorption of flexibility and mm-hmm. agility and just the, the way to kind of move with the, with the waves, I guess. Yes. No. Oh. We started the conversation about design organization maturity, the design maturity. We, and I was stuck on process, but it's just a factor of organization maturity. But I think you're getting into is, and what you know, we both touched on is the I. It takes a lot of self-awareness at top to know the, you, you're, you're the, to know to go to the directory, to go ask for directions, right. you know, to yes. have a we are here moment. Yes. Um, and I think that's important as a part of the equation is too. It's just that it takes, it takes self-awareness. Um, it takes collaboration. It takes understanding the atmosphere outside of design. And the it takes humility. Outside. Oh, massive amounts of humility. So much. And I think too often we, you know, we know what we know what the design leadership that doesn't look like that looks like. Ugh. It's more, you know, designing a black hole, design, you know, doing all these things. And that's that isn't I don't think that often brings design org maturity in time. And I think a lot of people, if they're interested in this topic, are gonna be like, How do I do it? You do it by getting teaching people the language of design, helping people understand design, translating, doing diplomatic type level work, as well as helping your team thrive and sometimes survive in scenarios where, you know, they may not be being asked to do what it is they're hired for. And I think that's a challenge a lot of design teams are facing now. But if you have the azimuth, you can, you, you, you have that hope, you have that destination you're going after and it kind of makes the today more more livable um so wherever you're at in the design organization maturity cycle um it's okay and just be ready for change and be plotting that change ahead crawl walk run and you know 
be open to the fact that things might not be the rose colored glasses way that you imagined it to be. Yes. I, I also believe that part of the issue with having design built into all of these programs now is that we have people graduating and rolling into the world believing that it should be a certain way. And then they're met with the reality mm-hmm. of what it takes to actually do the work. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, as, as design ops leaders and, and, and those, you know, our design teams and design organizations are, we feel so much ownership over them and so much connection to each person in it. It's important also to be those leaders to say, you know, this is the work. Yeah. This is the work. <laughs> uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. It's, it's sort of like our same our, if we could recommend somebody still, I think this week's is I, orbiting the, the giant hairball because I think I actually <laughs> thought of something. Yeah. Right. You did? I, I thought of something while okay, you were what is talking that? Um, that I just love. It's one, and it's so different than what we usually recommend. Okay. That's great. And we but need something it's, different. It's called, I don't know if you've read this before, but it's called here we are by Oliver Jeffers. And it's a children's book. Oh no! Oh my God! And they he they just animated it on um, Apple for Apple TV or whatever. Uh-huh. I haven't seen it, but everyone because I don't have Apple TV. But, but I have the book. It's called Here We Are: Notes for Living on Planet Earth, and it is like one of these beautiful books that I by Oliver Jeffers that I read my daughter. Um, and whenever I read it to her, I get all welled up in my eyes. Because it is that point of like, it gives you so, it's so salient in that it just gives you this point of reference. It's like, you are this person in this place. And, but like the scale of who you are is so small comparatively, but that doesn't mean it's not meaningful. Yeah. And so it's just a lovely, a lovely kind of. um, We are here moment. We are here moment. Yeah. We need so many more of those. Yeah. Well, here we are. I love talking to you. Talk I love to you talking to you too. Yes, girl. If you want more from me, Allison Rand, and me, Jackie Fry, go to incommon.design. Alrighty, that's our show. Ciao. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.